Hello, you're listening to a podcast from Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home. Radio Maria is a 24-7 Catholic radio station broadcasting online via our app, Radio Maria Play, and on DAB in an increasing number of areas. You can follow us on social media. And if you enjoy this program, please do click like and subscribe to us on your podcast provider. Radio Maria relies entirely upon listener donations. We have no other sources of funding, so please do consider supporting us with a monthly or one-off donation so that we can continue to keep providing great programming free at the point of access. To donate or find out more, visit us at radiomariaengland.uk. Hello and welcome, you're listening to Radio Maria. And this is our Just Life program. And um, today, Charles and I are going to be sharing with you a, um, a recent visit that we had to Walsingham um, that was just a few days ago. So just a, a very good uh, morning to all of you and, and welcome. I'm going to we sharing a mic at the moment, so I'm going to um, hand the mic over to to Charles, and he's going to say, um, he's going to greet you, and then he's going to start with a prayer. Yeah. Good morning, Kim. Good morning, everyone on Radio Maria. Um, I thought, we, as it was a trip to Walsingham that we had, that we would uh, say the prayer from England. O Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, and our most gentle Queen and Mother. Look down in mercy upon England, thy dowry, and upon us all who greatly hope and trust in thee. By thee it was that Jesus, our Saviour and our hope, was given unto the world, and he has given thee to us, that we might hope still more. Plead for us, thy children, whom thou didst receive and accept at the foot of the cross. O sorrowful mother, intercede for our separated brethren, that with us in the one true fold they may be united to the chief shepherd, the vicar, the vicar of thy son. Pray for us all, dear mother, that by faith, fruitful in good works, we may all deserve to see and praise God, together with thee in our heavenly home. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Charles. So today we want to share a little bit about a, a really wonderful journey that we had, me, Tim Hutchinson and, and Charles Wilson, um, which was to uh, the Shrine of Our Lady of Walsingham just a few days ago, and just kind of take you through the events of that day and, and what it is like um, visiting these places and also the obviously the purpose of our visit and why we, um, as representing Radio Maria decided to spend the day out there in Walsingham. So um, the purpose of our visit was something really special and something that uh, doesn't happen very often. And I wonder if you could say a few words about that, Joss. Well, the purpose of our visit was to go to um, the Pontifical Mass, which was given by the um, Archbishop or the new pump, uh, Papal Nuncio 
um, Archbishop Miguel Mari uh, Buendia, and he was he was coming here on the occasion of his twelfth um, year, I believe. Was it twelfth? Fifteenth, fifteenth anniversary <laughs> of his uh, um, ordination or episcopal ordination to the titular um, Archbishop of Italica. And I've just been looking at where Italica is, and actually it's in Hispania. It's, a, oh. it's an old town in Spain where apparently Emperor Theodosius I was, was born. So that's all I know about Italica. Um, it's not an actual diocese, but it is a, it is a role. I mean, the, the Archbishop is obviously the ambassador of the Pope to, um, to England now, as our papal nuncio. So we, we were invited, and Radio Maria was transmitting, um, broadcasting the the Mass at 10 o'clock. So it was a special occasion. And Walsingham is a special place for us as well. Yeah. So that's where we were going. Yes, um, and that's actually something that I thought would be nice to for us to talk about first, is just um, something about why is Walsingham such a, a significant place Maybe somebody is listening and they're thinking, well, I've never heard of this place, um, which is unlikely, but I think there may be at least one or two people. And if um, if you have heard about it, it's not there's uh, no harm in, in knowing um, and hearing it again. So, um, Charles, I think you've been to, to Walsingham far more times than I have. Um, and I wonder if you could say a word or two about how, what it is that Walsingham means to you personally and um, and what its significance is for us um, here in England? Well, I, I have been to Walsingham a few times where, um, since I've been in Cambridge, which is over 30 years, I, I went to Walsingham uh, twice, I believe. And I always found it um, a gentle village, is how I would describe it. Um, and it was... But it was it, it is the national shrine um, for this country of Our Lady, and so of course, when Radio Maria was developing, we wanted to be very much closely linked with Walsingham. And I remember going to Walsingham very early days when we were thinking about the you know what were we going to call ourselves, and of course it's it, we were told that England was going to be rededicated as the Diary of Our Lady in 2020. So this was about 2017 when we were over there and it suddenly crystallized that um, Radio Marie England, if it was going to exist, was going to be as Radio Marie England to, to tie in with the rededication of England um, to Our Lady, which was going to be done at Walsingham in March 2020. So it set us, one, the name of the radio, and two, a date. You know, we were, this was, we weren't even, we were just at the beginning of thinking about it. And so our visit to Walsingham there crystallized that. Um, and then subsequently, we, we've, so we were, we were going to have our launch of the radio in Walsingham in March 2020 to coincide. Uh, but unfortunately, COVID um, put a stop to that. But I could see that Our Lady had, was wanting us to be up and running by March 2020 because, of course, COVID was happening. So she had much more foresight. For anyone who goes to Walsingham, they will be struck by the quietness and the peace that you get there. And um, it's, it's, it hasn't got a lot of shops or, I mean, there are 
you can buy little statues, but it's it's completely different to somewhere like Lourdes or or, or even Santiago. Or it it's 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 very low key, uh, but it has it has a it has its special piece, uh, and I certainly would recommend uh, people to to go there. And of course, Radio Maria has also organised some walking walking pilgrimages. So we started one in October 2020 in the rain, and then every year. We're doing pilgrimage. Um, it's called England's Way. We are we do it with Ignite, the youth movement in, in the diocese. And um, in fact, there is going to be another one this year, uh, which we hope will take place to arrive for the Feast of the Assumption of Our, of our Lady. I want to say a little bit about um, the journey of physically getting there um, on Monday of this week. And... Um, so um, we needed to get there for the the mass that was being celebrated by the papal nuncio, um, which was taking place at 10 a.m. So I cycled over to Charles's house um, for 8 a.m. in the morning, <laughs> which was um, a bit earlier than I'm I'm used to getting to work. And um, we the two of us had a really lovely drive, um, up to to Walsingham through the forest, and. Um, I think you took a, a special route, didn't you? Well, I, I, t- I took you really the route to the pilgrim walk, um, roughly. But I, I was interested on the way because the first thing we did is you had a you, you had a call to South Africa, yes. and you had you said I must do this, and I must call my godchild because it was her birthday yesterday, and I, she was in bed by the time I, I, I remembered it, and and so you called her, and it was a very sweet conversation with the nine year old, and you know. I was eavesdropping, and uh, it made me think about you know being a godparent. I have quite a few godchildren, and I I need to to communicate with them more often. I, uh, and uh, and then I the, you Tim said, oh you must. I'm going to Walsingham. What do you know about Walsingham? <laughs> and then it struck me. I thought, well, what does Tim know about Walsingham? <laughs> so I then started asking him questions, and, and um, it, it, you know not so, very much exactly. <laughs> So uh, we then talked about Walsingham. And of course, um, Walsingham, I like the dates. It's 1061. So it's a, it's a date just before the Norman conquest. And it, uh, yeah, Our Lady always comes um, to prepare people, I think. Um, yeah. And uh, although some people will contest the dates, I, I, some historians said it might be later. But anyway, it's accepted as 1061, and there was this vision to build this this house of Nazareth, the house of the Annunciation, and also the house where the Holy Family grew up. And it, I think it's a, it's a beautiful um, thing for for England to to have this, um, because obviously there's the there's the Annunciation, but also the Holy Family. And at a time when the family is so under threat, it is again I would say. For people to go there and 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 to pray for protection of their families, um, but what happened is after 1061 came the Crusades in the uh, 12th century. So people who wanted to do pilgrimage and the original pilgrimage was to Jerusalem um, couldn't. So then the the next pilgrimage was to Rome, and then Santiago de la Compostela. But Walsingham became the northern site of pilgrimage. So it became a very famous. Um, place of pilgrimage and so for many centuries people used to come to Walsingham and so that that road from London to Walsingham was well trod and so we, we went through um, some of that route so we went from through Brandon 
and then through Thetford Forest. And again, I, I thought of England, you know, in the Middle Ages being loads of forest. I thought of mm. Robin Hood and Sherwood Forest and, you know, Thetford. England was um, producing plenty of oxygen in those days and, um, because it was full of forest. And, and, then, and then to Swaffham and then on to Fakenham and then those tiny little roads that we take as you approach to Walsingham when, you, when your heart's in your mouth, you know, waiting, hoping that no car comes the other side. And of course, as we were, we were approaching, there was a car that came and he actually, he, he nipped past us pretty quickly. I was yeah. a bit scared at that stage. But anyway, it was, and so I told Tim about our walks and uh, what a, yeah. Yeah, I think one of the wonderful things about sharing these journeys together is that um, you start to um, share stories of, of, especially if you've done the one before, if you've done this particular journey before. So Charles was busy pointing out to me the different churches and where one would stop if one was walking um, that route. And um, and then we uh, we sort of read each other's minds and, and Charles said, well, we one usually prays a rosary when, when you're doing this um, trip. So the two of us uh, took out our rosaries and, and began to pray. And it being a Monday, we were praying the joyful mysteries. And each mystery, we we would um, dedicate a different part of the day or, or whatever was on our mind or or maybe even uh, broader intentions for for um, for England um, and and sort of preparing ourselves for, for whatever came ahead. Um, and we're going to go to a music break now, but when we get back, we'll talk a little bit about the Mass and some of the people that we met and, um, and about meeting the Apostolic Nuncio. So you're listening to Just Life on Radio Maria, and Charles and myself are just telling, talking about our journey, um, our pilgrimage on Monday to Our Lady of Walsingham.
listening to Just Life on Radio Maria with me, Tim Hutchinson and Charles Wilson. And we're talking about our um, pilgrimage, uh, a short one. We didn't walk it. We just drove up on Monday to Walsingham and some of the things that transpired there um, on our way to represent Radio Maria at the Mass celebrated by the Papal Nuncio. And um, we're at the part in our in our retelling of this um, event where we arrived at Walsingham in the blistering heat of uh, Monday morning, and um, and the mass was just about to begin, the two of us got um, all uh, clad in our Radio Maria gear. Charles was wearing a, a nice white shirt and a blazer with a, a big Radio Maria badge, and I had a um, a T-shirt that I I put on with a, a nice big picture of Our Lady on the front, and the two of us came into um, a very uh, beautiful, um, cool, not not very uh, well attended. I must say it was. I think they they only really let the word out at the last minute about the mass for for some reason or other. Um, but a fair amount of people um, in this in the basilica there. And um, as I was coming in and about to bless myself, I was tapped on the shoulder by a man who introduced himself um, as Zick. And he said, you must be from Radio Maria, aren't you? And um, so immediately I felt I felt like there was a, an, a good um, fraternal connection between us and, and the shrine and um, felt incredibly welcome. Um, what, what struck you um, from the Mass? Is there anything that, that you remember that was um, noteworthy? Well, I was tasked with was probably quality rather than quantity, <laughs> um, because there was the Archbishop and two two bishops there, our, our Bishop Peter and our, yeah. our emeritus Bishop Allen Hopes, um, and and the priest, 
Um, I was also struck that uh, the Anglican shrine was was being represented, yes. and that, that that shows some of the unity there is at Walsingham. Because it's very interesting in Walsingham, the 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 uh, uh, there is an Anglican shrine, there is uh, the Catholic shrine, and also there is an Orthodox shrine, and as well there's an Evangelical church. So all all the all the basis. It's a real Catholic. Um, representation, Catholic in, in the universal way, um, so that that's that struck me. Um, the uh, and I, I thought the music was beautiful. Actually, it was uh, because it's quite a small place, and and yet the choir um, sang beautifully, mm-hmm. and um, I, I I could join into the hymns. Um, so it was it was nice sitting next to Tim because Tim's got a beautiful voice, and so. Uh, and in some of the more uh, Latin parts, although I know, but not not all, all of them, I was glad to have him lead the way, so I could just f- follow behind him and then sing with gusto for um, the other hymns. I thought you did very well. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so that that it, it it was a joyous, and I looked around and and people had smiles on their face, and that I like that at mass because it's it is a celebration. And um, not always, um, yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, we 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 think you know, mass is we're celebrating with the saints, and not just us. It's it's a timeless thing. We have all the saints, and you are we are united with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit in that celebration. And it felt that it felt a it felt a united celebration. I would say. Um, just as somebody who's sort of always interested in little liturgical things, I picked up the the uh, the mass booklet from um, the event, and I was very uh, interested in the, in the collect. And um, some of you may know that myself and uh, Nick Swarbrick have a program where we look at at liturgy on Friday mornings called the Liturgical Looking Glass. And I sent him the um, a screenshot of or a photograph rather of of the um, of the collect. That's the opening prayer of the mass. And I said, Have you ever seen one of these before? Um, and it is quite unusual. I'm going to read it to you now. So the Archbishop prays this just before, um, just after the Kyrie. It says, Holy Father, who by no merit of my own chose me for communion with the eternal priesthood of your Christ and for the ministry of your church, grant that I may by an ardent yet gentle preacher, sorry, be an ardent yet gentle preacher of the gospel and a faithful steward of your mysteries um, through Christ our Lord, your Son who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. And I found that fascinating. I mean, these these uh, opening prayers usually have a, a lot of theology packed in them, but I've never come across one that seems to uh, center around the celebrant himself. Um, and Nick said the same thing. He said, wow, I've never seen seen a collect like that before. So um, maybe something for for the liturgical nerds like myself out there to to enjoy. Yeah. Uh, another bit. Uh, I mean, I, there was a prayer after the communion as well. Yeah. You want to read that? Oh, I didn't. I don't think I noticed that. Let me see. So the Archbishop then says, after communion, for the glory of your name, O Lord. I have joyfully celebrated the mystery of faith 
to mark the anniversary of my Episcopal ordination, so that I may be in truth what I have handled mystically in this sacrifice through Christ our Lord. I do remember that now that I'm reading it, and um, it must be... It must be a mass for the anniversary of one's Episcopal ordination. Um, and I suppose if if we had a lectionary or a missal, we'd um, we'd know that. So that was uh, that was the mass, and um, I think it was quite amazing to be at a mass with three bishops present. We had the current bishop, um, and we had the retired bishop, and we had the papal nuncio, who's an archbishop. Um, I joked afterwards that we, if we wanted to, we could have consecrated a new bishop, I think, with, with that many bishops present. Um, not that it would have been allowed, but it would have, it would have been valid, I think. And um, after that, we then came out into the, um, after what was a, a really beautiful mass, we came out into just the, the courtyard um, area between the slipper chapel and the basilica, and I think what you were saying earlier, Charles, about the peace of the place—that's when when it was really present to me. It just um, um, as one feels after after any mass, really. But there is something really wonderful about that place, and um, we got to meet some some very wonderful people. But we should probably speak about meeting the nuncio himself. What do you remember of that? Yeah, no, well, that was the first person we met. In fact, we were. We were introduced first to the nuncio as he came out. Um, they they had given him a small statue of um, Our Lady of Walsingham, so that was his for his Episcopal um, um, anniversary. And I thought it was only right that we should give him one of our little Radio Maria radio. He lives in Wimbledon, so he can listen to the radio. And and when I when I gave it to him as a he, he smiled and he said, oh, I know Radio Maria, because he was in the Papal Nuncio in Romania before. And he said, I know Radio Maria well. And I said, well, there we are. This is for you to listen to in, in, in Wimbledon. And um, I'm hoping he will plug it in. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> and then once then, and I'm hoping we might get him onto the radio here. But anyway, he was certainly very charming. And then and then he he then had to carry the Radio Maria box as he, as he was going around. So I thought, oh, he's great. He's promoting it to all, all the dignitaries around Walsingham. I thought that was wonderful until somebody relieved him of the box. I think. Yeah. But uh, it was, uh, he was, he was a very, uh, he was a, he was a nice man. He was, uh, I would describe him. I mean, obviously he is an ambassador. So he's very skillful at, um, you know, dealing with people. That's, that's his job. And you can see he's going to be very good at his job. And uh, we are blessed. We are blessed to have um, such a man as our papal representative. You know, at a time when you know there may be changes within this church, so uh, we wish him well. Yeah. Yes, and I don't know about you, but the first thing that um, I was trying to figure out when we were standing outside waiting to meet him was, uh, what do you call him? Is it um, do you address him as Your Excellency or Your Grace? And I think I can remember. Um, in the Mass, he was referred to as Your Excellency. So I was sort of getting myself ready. And then um, does one uh, kiss the ring? And um, I thought to myself, well, yes, I'm going to do it. This is this is my chance. Um, and I, I've been kind of told in the past that it's it's quite an honor because we are, what we're doing when we kiss the ring is we, um, we're honoring the office that the 
the bishop is taking, um, not necessarily the the person himself, but uh, this, there's this acknowledgement that the person that you are um, in front of is in the office of the apostles. Um, the apostles have have given us this this uh, bishopric that that goes down through the ages, and so that act of of kissing the ring acknowledges that. And so he came out, and suddenly I felt incredibly self conscious. But um, uh, Josh Clovis, a really charming young man who was, uh, who's now the communications officer for the diocese and was taking the photographs um, without really hesitation, uh, took the nuncio's hand and, and gave a, a quick kiss of the ring. Um, but I must say, he was too fast for me. The nuncio had his, his hand out of mine before I could, um, before I could pluck up the courage. Um, maybe next time. Uh, it's interesting you say that because the same thoughts came through my mind and I, and I, I you know and I'm also COVID um, so even shaking hands now I'm not so sure you know I always think about it and and, and it came out and um, uh, there was that sort of second uh, but it was it, because of his reaction to Josh's I, I went oh better not <laughs> and and there was a silent sense of relief really because right. you know it's it's a slightly I, uh, it's, it's not something you're incredibly used to. I mean, I remember as a little boy in France, I was I was taught you know, the baisement, which is where you you kiss the woman, so so you know, you, you bow and you you kiss the hand, and so that that was a thing I, I might wow. have rehearsed as a, as a six or seven year old, but I, I haven't <laughs> done it since then. So um, so I, I was in a slight uncomfortable zone there. Yeah. So, but it's interesting because we haven't we hadn't talked about that, but we were obviously going through the the same. The same things. Yeah. I think it's time for us to go to a, a, another music break. But um, when we're back, we're going to talk a little bit about our, our um, experiences through the village and some of the people that we met and some of the conversations that we had. And um, just the kind of thing that happens when you are wandering around um, in a place where Our Lady has been and that is dedicated. But um, in the meantime, we'll have a short music break. You're listening to Just Life on Radio Maria.
You're listening to Just Life on Radio Maria with me, Tim Hutchinson, and Charles Wilson. And the song that was just playing was Holy God, We Praise Thy Name um, from the album Hymns of Adoration. And um, we're just at the part in our retelling of our pilgrimage to Walsingham on Monday, where we've come out of the Mass and um, met the Papal Nuncio and... Um, and and uh, the little song and dance that the two of us did around whether we should <laughs> kiss his hand or not. And um, one of the things that strikes me about about that visit was meeting the sisters of, um, let me get the name correct, the community of Our Lady of Walsingham. And um, did you get a chance to speak to them, uh, Charles? Uh, yes, I spoke to, to Catherine Williams, who I, I know from, from the past. So it was... Yeah, it's always nice. It's, it's like meeting old friends, really, and mm. uh, also trying to get them. I, when we're we're there, I often try and get people interested in Radio Maria so they can come and talk on the radio. But uh, they had already been, and they were already preparing programs for us. So wow. it was it was it was good to meet them. And uh, and Catherine, what's her connection? Um, is a significant connection. Well, she, she's she's the daughter of Derek Williams, who is. As as yesterday was was said, he's not he's not just a guest speaker. He's now part of the furniture. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but um, the the other person I met just after the papal nuncio, of course, was the Anglican um, in charge of the shrine, the Anglican shrine in Walsingham, Father Kevin Smith, and um, I had a nice conversation with him. And I I was able to talk to him about Radio Maria, and he was he was generally interested because obviously. The Anglican shrine is a very Marian shrine, and um, and he was interested in in listening to the radio and and you know sort of thinking well maybe they could um, contribute as well, um, and we are very much of a Christian radio and again I I was pleased to make that link. I tried to download the app on his phone, but he re- he said, "Oh, I've left my phone behind," <laughs> which I think was probably right because he didn't want to be disturbed during the the service, but he he had his response very quickly. And um, coming back to the the sisters, um, it was it's always just lovely to see a community sort of together and and how they interact and and there was definitely a a clear kind of um, Holy Spirit joy in in them and um, they Catherine has recently taken simple vows and um, they have two postulants in that community uh, by the name of Kate and Isabella and so keep them in your prayers as um, they're busy discerning. Uh, vocations to that lifestyle um and um i was really hoping that we could get one of them to actually talk on the radio charles and i were there and we we had our phones and um sort of we had we were were trying to kind of see if there was a chance that we could um call in and speak to all of you but um the timings worked out uh rather badly but you had a, a good conversation with a with a mother who's moved her family there, and I, I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about that, Charles. Oh, yeah. Well, that, that's Pascal Mary Rakovic, the, so she's Zig's wife, and uh, they've moved there as a family, and, and they're part of a community of, of Christian or Catholic families which are, which are growing, which are living around Walsingham. Um, she's, she's a very interesting character. and I'd met her once uh, at the Charles de Foucault Mass that I'd gone to Walsingham mm-hmm. with, and of course, I downloaded the app on her phone, and as a result, she had done one of our programs, um, diving deeper on the Thursday night, oh, wow. and she said, "You know, 
gosh, you know, you've got the app on my phone and the next thing I know I'm, I'm on Radio Maria and I sort of said yeah we haven't finished yet we want more of you and uh, we were then we, I don't know we, we were having that sort of strange conversation and it was about um, the role of men and women and, and I was sort of saying how men are a bit confused at the moment um, and she said oh well she was I think she was singing Zig's praises he said you know Zig comes home and Hoover's Hoover's uh, passes the Hoover when he comes home and I thought Oh gosh, I don't do that. <laughs> and uh, so, but when I did get home, the, Jane said to me, "There's something. I think there's a dead animal on on the grass." Um, so I went up and I I picked up. Uh, I think it was a dead bird, and I I, I, I disposed of it. And then I, so I, I sent Zig an email saying, "You know, I I listened to your wife, and uh, although I didn't Hoover, I did I did clear up <laughs> the dead animal, and apparently made her laugh. So there we go. That was." <laughs> Oh, that's great. I really like that. Um, so passing on a little bit of um, family, domestic advice there. I think I could probably take that to my to my flat share as well. I really want us to get on to uh, our visit to the village, which was, um, yeah, really great fun and, and some wonderful conversations that happened there. Um, so after having spent time at the shrine and meeting the nuncio uh, in Walsingham, we then went into the village, um, just opposite the abbey grounds, and um, the first thing we, the aim of of that was for us to go and see Sarah de Nordwell, who is a, um, she she calls herself a bard, which is um, a very interesting um, uh, job description, if you will. Um, the bards were people who were trained in the arts, but also in different intellectual disciplines. Um, in the uh, medieval period, in the they were hired to be truth tellers to the king. So the idea was that they would um, speak the truth to people in high positions without fear. And this is something that um, Sarah does. She she sees herself as as um, as an artist and a poet who um, who takes opportunities to. Uh, to bring truth into the society and um, through the lens of art um, in ways that perhaps people who who uh, couldn't do it otherwise. Um, so if any of you went to the Bishop Barron conference, you would have seen that um, she delivered a poem there, which was really quite uh, powerful and profound. And um, she has done some talks on Radio Maria in the past and we thought it would be good to to see her and to speak to her about things that by having her on in the future. Um, but the meeting itself actually turned out to to be um, far more profound than than we'd expected. Um, we're going to talk about that in a minute, but I think it's time for us to go to another song break.
You're listening to Just Life on Radio Maria. And um, Charles and I have been talking about our recent visit to Walsingham. And um, just before we went to the music break, we mentioned um, a, a certain bard by the name of Sarah de Nordwell and how we had gone into the village to find and um, to have lunch with her. And um, before we did, we stopped just uh, outside um, a little building that had the words EWTN on it. And I thought, oh, wow, here's the um, one of the offices of EWTN, which um, I think most of our listeners would have heard of before. They do a lot of wonderful work in... Um, mostly to American audience, but also here in England, um, mostly television broadcasts. And so we had a brief uh, visit there, and, and it turns out that I, had, I know the, the, um, the Norman who, who works there. Uh, he's a, someone I knew from my days in Cape Town, but I hadn't seen him in about 13 years. And um, he very graciously showed us around, and they had something which which I thought was quite funny. Um, I don't know what you thought of this, Charles, but um, they had a little a priest hole, um, yes. imitation priest hole underneath one of the desks. Um, and uh, when we opened up the the door to look inside, there was the a, a skeleton. <laughs> I'm laughing because it obviously wasn't a real skeleton. Um, but um, maybe not the most tasteful uh, uh, sort of um, decor. But I thought it was it was it was funny nonetheless. What were your thoughts on that? Uh, well, the first thing was uh, there was a parking space, and I thought that's interesting. So I I I, I was very pleased because it was I didn't have to pay, so there was a parking space, and there just in front of us was the EWTN. So I felt Our Lady had positioned that because you you said, "Oh, I think I know," and I and I said, "This is a South African in there," and he went, "Oh, it's Norman." So yeah. you know, I felt that Our Lady had guided us to, to there. And they were Wait, very, very hospitable. Incredibly um, hospitable, yeah. yeah. And, and a lovely studio, so it was nice to kind of um, make that connection yeah. as well. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and, you know, when, when we need collaboration, you know, between EWTN and Radio Maria, for, for, for it, it was good. And, mm. You know, the South African connection was, was very useful. <laughs> uh, as far as the priesthood, I was more interested anatomically in the skeleton. You see, <laughs> I, I wanted to know whether it was a real one. When, it, when he told me it was an Amazon one, I was less interested because, um, you know, I, when I was studying medicine, obviously I, I purchased a, a half skeleton, wow. uh, which is a real skeleton. You um, say, obviously, I didn't realize that that's what doctors do. Yeah, yeah, no, but in those days, you used to have to, your skeleton, because you have to, particularly the skull, you have to learn every hole where every yeah. nerve goes, etc. Um, and it's, it's good to have your own. These days they produce plastic ones, but yeah. in in 1975, when I was, <laughs> you had to buy your own. It cost me fifty pounds. It was a big investment. Wow! And it, it, I passed it down to all my. So I've got two children who are medics, and two cousins, three cousins who are medics, and they all use the skeletons. So it's been a well used. Goodness me! Well. Um, so while we were in the EWTN office in Walsingham, um, I was busy texting Sarah de Nordwell to try and find uh, out where to find her. And it turns out she was just uh, about maybe 100 meters up the road. And um, she said to us, um, come on over. I'm in the old bakehouse um, or above across the road from the old bakehouse. And... Um, at the moment, the mother of the person that I'm staying with is 
at the end of her life, she's at death's door, um, which obviously was a was quite a profound thing to be told. And I thought to myself, well, perhaps this is not the right time for us to to be paying them a visit if we're going to be coming into this home where where um, the host's mother is is there at death's door. Um, but she she insisted, and so we came in. And as we were coming in, there was a priest on his way out, and um, he had just given uh, Linda, Justin, the host's mother, um, her had given her last rites, and he had a, a little pyx in his hand, and um, he said to us, "I'm just about to go and and get the blessed sacrament to to give it to her." So um, we then made our way upstairs into the loft where uh, Sarah lives. And um, the three of us sat and and spoke about um, what it's like uh, for Sarah to live in this in this amazing place, and that's when we invited the um, all of you to listen in to us. So we actually um, were on air and we were talking about about uh, Walsingham and about um, living in Walsingham, and Sarah was telling us about the spiritual battle that that seems to be taking place, at, uh, well, not seems to, but certainly is taking place, that there's a lot of resistance um, to Our Lady's presence at Walsingham. They're often finding that uh, there are you know, rituals that have been going on in the forests and and the traces of these rituals are left there on the trees. And um, and so there's a... there's a, Walsingham is a, is a kind of a light and... Um, and the darkness is is trying to close in, but it it we know that um, light fear no needs to fear no darkness, um, and um, that it will always overcome. Um, but it was an incredibly privileged time there because we 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 were there and and we prayed, we did the mid midday prayers. Yes, um, and they were so much more meaningful. Yeah. Um and they, I I really felt. I, again, I, I talk about the the presence of the saints and the angels, and I felt I felt the presence of of the Holy Spirit in, mm-hmm. in that house at the time, and it was quite it was quite moving, and um, and dignified, I would say. Yeah. Um, and and later on, we we heard that Linda had passed away that evening. Yeah. Uh, but everyone had been touched by the prayers that we had we had done in that place and it it, mm-hmm. it it was holy ground yes and there was something quite biblical about it as well you know there we were in the upper room um busy praying together and um and the, also the 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 lines of the psalms um there was one point where sarah and i looked at each other and smiled because they they seemed to really uh, uh touch on things that we had been speaking about before we started praying and um and as you say, the family was very touched by the fact that we were praying, not just us, but you as well, um, as we were still on air at that time, and um, and inviting you as the listener to to pray with us. And so Justin had said afterwards that you know he he was actually brought to tears by when he heard that there we were above um, in the in the loft, busy praying for for a good death for Linda, and um, and it felt. That was the family, you know. We talk yeah. about um, Walsingham and the Holy 
um, the house of Nazareth, bringing the family together. And that was Our Lady's family coming along to, to pray for Linda. So it, it seemed entirely appropriate. Mm, it did. And um, I then got a message from Sarah later, uh, the following day, I think it was, you know, thanking us and, and talking about the fact that she had passed away in the night. And and then she, she said something which I thought was really helpful, um, a, a good reminder to me. She said, you know, that it, it is promised to those who, it's one of the promises of those who pray the rosary every day that we would have a good death. Mm-hmm. And um, and here is a, a woman who did pray the rosary and who was, you know, a very um, devout, prayerful woman. And at the hour of her death, um, she had people surrounding her in prayer. Um, we found out later that Sick um, and his wife when they heard, they spent uh, the whole night in prayer for her. So, um, yeah, it was a it was a really edifying reminder of of how um, when we need it, uh, the Holy Spirit brings the right people together yeah. to 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 pray. Um, there are a few other stories I want us to to get to before we run out of time. Um, and uh, I, but maybe I'll, I'll give you a chance if there's something that you you want to say before we. Well, we were talking about when you, I mean, I was talking about Magigori when I go to there and I I don't plan the day apart from going to Mass and things, but I know that I will meet people uh, that Our Lady wants me to meet. Yeah. And that's what happened at Walsingham. You know, I met various people. I'm, I met a lady called Jane Nicholson, who um, I've known a part who, who's a Carmelite and a lay Carmelite, but also is a, a prison chaplain and also runs a, a charity in Romania. And um, I, you know, I was interested because, you know, she, we talked about the prisoners that she's been in contact with, one of whom I understand was listening to Radio Maria. And so I was I was I was interested in that. Um, and there may be something to follow from that. Uh, Derek Williams just happened to be walking yes. by with his T-shirt with Radio Maria on. And and that was that was nice. But actually, I provided him an email address that he didn't know. So it was almost yeah. as if. That short in, um, meeting was to give him a bit of information. You know, mm. uh, we met that delightful lady who ran the cafe, and then whilst you went off with Sarah to talk, some, I, I met this man who wanted to talk about Radio Maria, who who heard it in France, and he was a uh, he was a farmer, and he took all the details, and I downloaded the app, etc. And I thought, well, that was meant to be. You know, he was meant yeah. to be there. So it it was a wonderful random meetings of people who who I think Our Lady had placed for us to, to see. Yeah. Yeah, we also went up to the to the shrine, uh no not the shrine, the, the Orthodox Church, um and, and prayed there. We did the Divine Mercy Chaplet there. And um there was a the conversation with, with Derek was also very um, meaningful. I mean I was I went out of the we're in a little cafe called Epiphanim and I went onto the phone and, and wanted to pray a decade of the rosary with all of you. Um, so Niall was, was busy facilitating the rosary. Um, and um, when he heard that it was me, he was delighted and, and put me on air. And then I prayed the rosary. And um, and then as I was finished the decade, along walks Derek Williams with his Radio Maria t-shirt on. And um, and we all had ice creams together in the in the shop, which was lovely. Um, 
you shared a very moving story and i don't i don't want you to feel obliged to share it if if you don't want to about about your mother um, well, we were just talking about the the, the prayer and um, i'd been to a prayer meeting um, and i'd asked at the time for for um for prayers because my mother was had been at war with her brother her brother had been ostracized from the family and uh um and you know this had been going on for many years and um i asked for prayers and people prayed over me at that time and um about three weeks later my sister phoned me in the middle of my clinic said you won't you won't believe what's happened she she's picked up the phone and phoned paris and is quite amicable with her, her brother and you were saying that she, she couldn't even even bring him up in conversation exactly without yeah. her blood pressure going sky high yes. and, and and saying don't speak to him and it was wonderful because it was a reconciliation and then we organized a skype at a, a moment and it was a moment where it was an absolutely beautiful moment and um and from then on my mother spoke to her brother almost every day and yeah. it was you know all that that feud had gone away and that was very much the power of of, of that well i attributed to to that prayer meeting yes. where i'd been and i think what was lovely about that is that this um i won't uh, i won't share any details that i don't think i, I i'd be allowed to but um the uh, when derek heard the story he immediately related it to something that that had been on his mind and and um and he, he said wow that's amazing because i was thinking about this um last night and he just paused and and dwelt on it, and you could see that the Holy Spirit was was speaking to to a situation that had been troubling him as well, and um, that for me really exemplified what happens in these places. Yeah, you know, just the little conversations in the coffee shops between people about um, the working of the Holy Spirit, and you sharing a story, and you don't realize how it's about to touch another person in in a very significant way. Yes. Oh, that that's true. Yeah, that's about all we have time for. And there was one or two other stories I wish we could have um, could have shared, but um, but that's a. Would you like to end with? A, well, it's a, just I picked up this card and I'm just going to read the last bit because I thought it was appropriate. And it's uh, a message of Our Lady received by Mrs. Maria Esperanza. Um, Children, here you have me with my hands enriched with graces. Oh calling on all my children to conversion. Pray the rosary. It is the time to have an apostolate movement for family unification, mm. preparing the youth. Wow. Um, and that's actually very appropriate to our visit to Walsingham. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to Charles and myself. It's been lovely sharing with you about our recent visit to Walsingham. This has been Just Life on Radio Maria. This was a Radio Maria podcast. If you enjoyed it, do please click like and subscribe on your podcast provider or leave us a review. Every bit of feedback helps increase our visibility and allows us to reach more people with the message of Christ's saving truth. And if you don't already, you can listen to Radio Maria live either online or on DAB in selected regions of the UK. 
We'd love for you to call in live and be part of the conversation. See our website, radiomariaengland.uk, for more details and a full schedule of programmes. And do please consider making a donation so that we can keep making more programmes like this. We are completely dependent upon the generosity of our listeners.